Blackhawks fans, welcome in. You're tuned in to the Four Feathers Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 11. We're talking Kyle Davidson, named 10th Blackhawks GM in franchise history today. I'm Johnny Nani. I've got Tony Marchese alongside me for this discussion. Tony, it's been a little bit since we jumped on the mic here. How are you doing, my man? Doing well, Johnny. Doing well. It's uh, We've got some Blackhawks news to talk about. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting day in Blackhawks history. Yeah, it most definitely is. Uh, and just watching that press conference kind of, uh, you know, it made you feel like it was the start of something new. You know, obviously we've had this in the past, not necessarily good uh, in terms of the Jeremy Colladin, uh hiring. We remember we had a uh, furious episode following that one. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to that level tonight, um, but a little housekeeping. Make sure you go and find us on the web. That's on tapsportsnet.com. Go there for all your Blackhawks and Chicago sports news and more. You can follow us on social media at Four Feathers Pod and at on sportsnet. So, Tony, let's get right into it. Just what's your initial reaction when you heard? Obviously, per Frank Spaghetti and Meatballs on Monday night, always ahead of the story, breaking it. But uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Davidson landed the job? Hey, well, first off, I mean, you got to you got to give some kudos to uh, to Frank there. Uh, anything that's per Frank is normally facts. Um, and, and Frank just spits facts only. He had this, uh, had it from a mile away. Um, you know, initial reaction to this, Johnny, I'm not really surprised. I think, um, you know, just looking back through, uh, this year so far, uh, I think Kyle Davidson's done a, a fairly decent job, um, in, in his tenure here, uh, so far as, as interim GM, um, you know, he did, uh, he did get rid of Jeremy Carlton for, for hockey reasons. Um, I think that that was a, a positive change uh, throughout the organization, especially, um, you know, with, with Carlton kind of losing that locker room, uh, having an interim GM, firing a coach, uh, bringing up Derek King. Um, initially, that, that worked out, I think, very well for the Blackhawks. Uh, there was a little bit of a breath of fresh air into the organization, uh, so to speak, when that took place. Um, you know, you look at the, the Hawks bringing in a GM search crew uh, with some prominent names who've been around the organization for a long time. They went through uh, a fairly decent list of candidates um, who interviewed for the job. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be potentially upset that Kyle Davidson was named the GM. Um, I think that there was going to be a lot of people upset that anybody was going to be named the GM because we just have to find things to complain about. Um, but overall, I think, you know, he's, he's been around the team um, th throughout this season. He's obviously developed a, a sense and a plan um, in order to try and move the organization forward, uh, figure things out on the ice. Um, we can break into some of the things that he talked about in his press conference today, but overall uh, when all is said and done, I think that, you know, this hire is, is, I, I like it kind of, man. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, he he tried out in this role um, for an extended period of time. And now they're going to take the uh, proverbial uh, handcuffs off of him and let him navigate this trade deadline. You know, he's been in contact with other GMs around the league. I'm sure up until this point, you, you see all the trade rumors swirling around. Um, he's got his finger on the pulse better than anybody else who would have been an outside hire at this point. Um, so let's hope that, uh, you know, he makes the right moves at the deadline and, you know, he's going to be evaluated just as any other GM is. If he screws this one up in a year or two, he's going to be on the hot seat. If he's able to put together a winner on the ice, 
um, it, it's going to pay dividends for the Blackhawks. I like the direction. That's kind of just my initial reaction, man. I'm curious what yours is. Yeah, we will get into a bunch of those uh, finer points. There's a lot of stuff said during that press conference, a lot of good uh, talking points and uh, you know interesting topics that it'll bring up here. But my initial reaction, um, I will say that I am just a slight, slightly just a little bit surprised. I'm not shocked, not like, you know, overwhelmed, like shocked about it. But you and I were together last week, last Thursday, when they announced they had finished the interview process, the interview portion of this. Uh, so we had the six confirmed candidates or whatever. And what did those few happy hour beers that we were mulling over tell me? I thought it was going to be Matthew Darsh uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. The beers are just talking to me. So that's the only reason I'm a little surprised here. Hey, this is uh, this is like the first yeah. time Nostranani's wrong. I know, I know, I know. It's, hey, maybe the beers let me astray, but hey, they still tasted good. So whatever. Um, it, overall, though, it's I'm not going to judge this either way right now i think that's my biggest kind of initial reaction here i think i was a little bit underwhelmed when i saw the uh, report per frank last night um just because i i don't know i feel like there's a little bit more established uh hockey name uh, when you go to him with darsh there um but uh when you're talking about kyle davidson you brought up a good point uh he has been uh, trying this out in a extended period of time uh, for the Blackhawks, obviously taking over the interim when Stan resigned from the organization. So um, it seems like there is some good rapport when you see those three together up there, uh, the three of them that were on the stage at the press conference today and talking about Danny Wirtz, CEO, Kyle Davidson, now you know permanent GM, and Jamie Faulkner, CEO of uh, the business ops. So um, I think they have a good rapport, but they're going to need to start turning in some results, Tony, because um, we're going to get into some of these points here. And one of these buzzwords that I heard all this time was culture. That's all great and dandy. And sure, you do want to have a positive workplace environment. And I get all that. And he's going to have to uh, adjust some of his front office staffing there to get the team that he wants to be able to be the most successful uh, in place there. So I understand the importance of that. But guess what? Fans aren't in that office. They can't see that. We want to see results on the ice. So them asking them about culture and all that, and I understand it's important in the aftermath of the Kyle Beach. But guess what? What do fans get to see? Do I get to see that from the 300 level? No. It's going to be based before it's going to be based on what the team does on the ice here. So I don't know about you, but that was just kind of one of my also initial takeaways just from hearing some of these responses to the questions uh, that they were, you know, firing up there at them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll insert some points here on this as well, Johnny. And I, I believe that, you know, the Blackhawks are going to do everything that they can do to, um, you know, fix whatever that issue is within the front office and it's it's they've, they've already gotten rid of most of the old guard i think that there's going to be people who uh, look at this move and say this was the easy way out for the blackhawks and that's that's fine if, if you want to if you want to take that approach to this you have every right to but you bring up a really really good point here we can't see the inner workings of of what goes on within it, the workplace that is the Chicago Blackhawks. So what we see as fans um, is the product on the ice. And right now, outside of some of the cultural issues that they've been dealing with and bombarded with uh, by the media, the other problem is, is that they just don't have a good product on the ice right now. And the only way that the Chicago Blackhawks organization is going to return to the prominence that they had uh, during the cup years and, and bring fans back in and, and run this as a successful business is to have a great product on the ice. Um, you have some building blocks here. You definitely have uh, guys like uh, Hagel um, guys like Alex to bring it. 
um, some some young budding pieces to what could be a highly competitive team. It's going to be interesting to see what Kyle Davidson can do to piece around that. And now we can get into what he said about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane remaining with the team and where that input goes. Yeah, but I just, we can kick that off by saying that he, you know, they asked specifically retool, rebuild, and yeah. he straight up said rebuild. So, you know, I think the honesty is appreciated, but at the same time, that word comes with a lot of connotations. It does. And that's where I want to dive further into it, Johnny, because if you're going to say rebuild and you, that word isn't taken lightly by fan bases. In fact, um, if you look back through just the Blackhawks when they were going through retools, there were letters out to fans about what was going on. Um, some of the other organizations throughout professional sports, when they use that term, um, it generally means you're going to suffer some near-term pain for some long-term gain. And it's it's quite interesting um, what the Blackhawks are going to be able to do. We talked about uh, on one of our last episodes, you know, what can you get from Marc-Andre Fleury? What can you get for a guy potentially like a Brandon Hagel? What trade assets do you have um, to, to make yourself better? And you're going back through this organization right now. And there's a whole lot of, of the same stuff that we, we touched on in the last time we talked about this. It's not enough talent to go net you some, some star NHL ready talent um, that's, that's budding. Uh, that's going to make major impacts for this team. You have limited resources to work with here. And you're up against some some interesting cap difficulties. You have to look at uh, the Seth Jones contract if you're Kyle Davidson at this point in time and kind of realize that when you use that word rebuild, you already have a lot of pieces locked in, especially in the short term and some for the long term. So what are you going to be able to do to fix that product that's on the ice that we get to watch every other day? And at this point, you start to see some fans check out. Well, the only way we're going to get back there is with an extended playoff run. That's what's going to create that buzz. It's going to be a monumental task, Johnny, in my opinion, a monumental task to get this thing back to where it needs to be. Right, and that was also another uh, sort of theme that came up during uh, this media session this afternoon, and it was talking about you know having patience, and we know this is going to be a process, and I think any rational fan can sit here and understand that you know it's going to take a lot for the Blackhawks roster uh, to be competitive for all those factors that you just mentioned, and many more, the lack of prospect depth, lack of draft capital, yada, yada. You can go down the list. There's plenty of factors that are working against them uh, in in terms of reaching their ultimate goal, uh, which is obviously getting back uh, to a championship caliber hockey team on the ice. So um, it's going to be interesting. And just one, one of the things that I kind of like look at here, uh, you know, when you use that term rebuild, that, that brings up questions. Okay. Uh, we, we're going to touch on Taves and Kane in a second here because uh, Kyle Davidson did talk specifically about them, but does that mean we're talking about, you know, um, you know, what do you have and what can you ship off and what can you get back for these guys? Does that means some guys that are considered core pieces right now, would be on the block, Alex Dabrinkit, Brandon Hagel. You know, I mean, that's but, that's where I'm kind of going here, Johnny. Is those yeah. are the pieces that you would theoretically want to build around. Um, I've got a ton of questions around this, and and if if everybody's on the table outside of uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, um, you know, you have to look at a name like Alex Dabrinkit. What can you get if you move him? Because I, as I kind of look at this, it's not going to be a one year thing. It probably isn't going to be a two-year thing. You're looking at a three to four-year yeah. 
type turnaround three to it, he didn't give like a hard deadline but when kyle davidson was answering one of the questions i forget exactly what the prompt was but he did say whether it takes three years whether it takes five years and that was kind of the succession of the way that he said it so i think you're right in right in the ballpark there yeah and that's gonna that's gonna have some some decent uh effect i think on what you're gonna get at the uc over the next few years uh when you attend games i think you know you've already seen the blackhawks dip into um, I, I would say interesting marketing tactics to try and bring fans out or giveaways, different events at the UC and the atrium pregame, um, different, you know, ticket raffles and stuff to get butts and seats. And it, it's going to go back to those pre cup days, in my opinion, and you're going to have a, a more subpar product on the ice and you're going to see um, not a lot of growth in, in fandom uh, around Chicago for, for hockey and the Blackhawks. It's, it's going to be a darker period of time for this organization. Uh, even then I think what you're seeing right now, because let's, let's be real. You've got Mark Andre Fleury and goal. Who's a reason enough to tune into the Blackhawks himself. Um, you've got Patrick King, you've got Jonathan Taves, but it's, it's going to be more interesting for me to see how those guys hold up through this darker period of, of Blackhawks hockey as, as they near the end of their careers. Um, who's to say Patrick Kane doesn't play another seven years because he's just a superhuman. Uh, but I think, you know, you're, you're probably getting towards the time here where at the end of this thing, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, they're going to have to make decisions uh, as to whether or not they, they want to stick around. Um, it seems at this point that they do. Uh, but, you know, you don't know how bad this thing can get. Right, exactly. And that brings us to our point about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Like I said, Kyle Davidson addressed them specifically and um, prefacing this with before the trade deadline, before a GM decision was made, obviously we're still before the trade deadline, but before this GM decision was made, um, Patrick Kane was talking to guys from The Athletic uh, and he said regarding players and the input on uh, you know how the team is run from a general manager standpoint, he says, you know a lot about the league, meaning players. So I think it'd be smart to lean on players, whether you're asking other, asking about other guys in the league or guys on your team. Um, that's what Patrick Kane said. And Kyle Davidson responded with today, they were pressed on that. Um, Jonathan and Patrick are extremely important pieces of the organization. They're definitely going to be brought into the loop. There won't be any surprises on their end on what we plan on doing with the organization. So, Cody, I like hearing that. I'm glad that they're bringing these guys into the loop because, yes, I agree with Patrick. Katie. Who the hell else knows better than, you know, oh, you play against this. This guy's a son of a bitch to play against. This would be great to have as a grinder. Well, stuff like that, that kind of input you can get. And then also just the greater vision. They're proud. They're proud members. They won three Stanley Cups here. Um, there, there's a pride factor there that I like that is brought in. Not to say, you know, Kyle Davidson's been around for him, too. Uh, he started as an intern in 2010. So uh, he's been around the block, too, for these. And I like that he's being brought in here. But then that raises questions because like you had said about, you know, lengths of careers, how long is that going to be? They're also due for new contracts after next season, only mm -hmm. one remaining on their identical contracts here. So I think it's an interesting dynamic. I do like that they're being brought into the fold here. Um, and if I were to guess, Patrick Kane at least is going to stick this thing out. I would think so too, Johnny. I, I could see certain uh, scenarios where uh, Jonathan Taves could leave at the end of his deal or potentially be traded. Um, I can see Winnipeg calling a, hometown. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's, that's probably where I see him winding up maybe to finish his career. Who knows? Um, you know, obviously there's going to be, uh, that discussion, uh, had at the very 
at the very latest uh, after next offseason, like you said. Um, but it, it could come sooner than that. And you have to look at you have to look at everything right now. Right. So um, if if you're Kyle Davidson and, and, and Jonathan Taves nets you a piece towards your your next uh, good Hawks team, um, you're going to have to explore it. I, I, that's just the, the nature of the beast here. Um, I don't like it. I know you don't like it. Hawks fans are not going to like it. Um, but you can't you can't go down this thing and, and navigate with the word rebuild if you're not going to keep options open on the table to improve this. Um, I, I think you know just speaking from from my personal opinion on this, um, you know, I want to see this team play meaningful hockey games uh, late into the spring, early summer, uh, rather at this point than watch Jonathan Taves and a ragtag. Uh, team just try and slop it through a season. Um, it's getting a little frustrating watching. Um, it's a it's, little. It's it yeah a <laughs> little. Um, it, it's getting incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, you know, there's there's health concerns there with Jonathan Taves. We've seen that now for uh, a couple of years in a row. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he hangs him up at the end of his contract. Who knows what's going to happen? But I just I keep going back to the fact that this is going to be much more difficult to navigate, even with with taking the inputs from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And I like that you said, you know, like here's this guy that we're going up against. He would make a great grind, he'd make a great addition on this on this roster, all of that. I still go back to the fact that there's not a lot of room to work. Um and it's it's tough to see through the woods here, Johnny, is what I'm trying to get at. It's really tough yeah, to well, see through the woods. Well, let's start clearing some of these woods, Tony, because one of the questions that Kyle Davidson was asked about was uh, the upcoming trade deadline. And uh, here was his response regarding that. Um, he says, if there's an opportunity to acquire some future talent and augment what we've got in our prospect pool or our draft asset pool, then we'll explore that. So that's a, you know, that's very GM speak very, but it's, you know, they're going to have to do that. And you would imagine there's names that we know that are going to be on the block. Marc-Andre Fleury will be in new colors uh, come March 22nd. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. They're not holding on to him. Uh, even if he does want to come back to Chicago and re-sign in the off-season one-year deal, if his family's still here and whatever, and he's just doing this for the you know cup chase uh, for the end of this season, I think he's gone, so that at least nets you something. There's something there is in Kevin Lankinen comes up uh, as number two. You're probably getting Arvid, excuse me, as the number one then, Arvid Soderblom there. So there's some goalie there. Um, excuse me, goalie clearing there. Um, on the back end, Calvin DeHaan, I would imagine, uh, you know, I know he's had injury issues in the past, but left-handed shot defenseman, uh, that is someone his contract is also running out, um, would imagine he is on the block and someone would pick him up, even if it's not getting you major return. But we're talking about clearing, you know, clearing mm -hmm. spaces here. There's guys with contracts coming up. Uh, Ryan Carpenter will be up, one of my favorites. It would pay me to see him go, but he's a penalty killing, uh, you know, bottom six forward. Uh, once again, not getting a major haul back, but you're clearing spots here um in this type of you know sort of setup so uh there are some other guys uh that are you know possibly been talked about kubalik even though his trade value has been great uh, maybe someone takes a chance on henrik borgstrom so it will be i think the next three weeks will provide at least a little bit more clarity you think so too i do as well um it'll just be i think interesting to see if they go outside the box uh those are those are the common names that you could potentially see moved um I, I you know this one might come as a shocker johnny do they kick the tires on moving a kirby dock um to a, a different organization and, and cut whatever ties that they have with him and the stalled development that's gone on i think that that's an ultra aggressive move you might be able to get something back for do you do you 
entertain offers for an Alex to break it. That might be your most tradable asset. That's going to net you the highest return out of anything. Not named Patrick Kane on this team. Yeah. And um, honestly, going further down that list, Brandon Hagel, you know, we had talked about from a team culture thing. And I still stand by that. You need to build a team identity. No better guy to have around than Brandon Hagel to do it. But when you're looking at numbers here, you know, what is he? One, one and a half million next two years. And then he becomes an RF eight after that so there's a lot of control there which that means in turn you're getting a lot of draft picks you're getting a lot of prospects yada yada whatever it is you may be in search of and and just looking at this from the the bare minimum three-year plan you have to look at what's going to be on this roster when you're set to compete again um so there you go with with a guy like brandon hagel uh one thing i really want to see this this front office do is develop some center depth throughout the organization that can win face-offs, Johnny. That's that's one of my number one things that I want to see uh, is is just improved center play. We've we've seen Kirby Doc sliding in and out of these roles. You've seen the basically, uh, you know, for I, I guess man for longer than I can even remember at this point, uh, issues with center depth, and you're gonna have to go and figure that out. Uh, if you're going to want to be competitive and that's going to start with over the next two years, identifying people who can play center, win face-offs, especially in the, in the defensive zone, get the puck out and, and start to play on the other end of the ice a lot more than they have been. Right. Yeah. It's huge. Forward depth in general too, because you bring in a guy like Henrik Borstrom and guess what? That could have been lightning in a bottle. If he would have went off and it would have been, Oh my gosh, well, you know, I know Stan's not here anymore, but that would have been, okay, that's a Stan, you know, fine here uh, in the depths of the Florida system uh, where he got him from. Uh, but that didn't happen. He's not doing anything worthwhile or even honestly tradable. Uh, it would just be more of someone else trying to take a chance on him at this point. Uh, Dominic Kubalik flash in the pan, hate to say it, but you're just not getting what you need out of him after that outstanding uh, kind of almost Calder worthy rookie campaign that he had. Um, and I know last season was shortened uh, a little bit weird. Uh, so you can't really judge that. How, how but many of those guys uh, in the, on that profile have we, we seen roll through these, these yeah. Hawks teams of the I mean, past few years? Yeah. You had like a little like burst with like, remember Dominic Cahoon who's speedy yep. guy. Yeah. Perlini uh, you know. had a little bit of time. Yeah. Like, there's there's been a lot of like reclamation but, yeah. type project guys. Effective forward depth that can stick. And I think what's you know, Kyle Davidson brought up a good point today when talking about you know augmenting prospect pool. Uh there's not a whole lot of guys that can step up. Remember all the call-ups that we've had this year outside mm-hmm. of Josiah Slavin, it's mainly been guys on the back end. And I think there are still some guys in towards the end of the season, like I said, with certain guys leaving, uh with the games, you know, not I mean, not that they really matter at this point anyway. They're all but mathematically eliminated at this point. They're not making the playoffs, obviously. Um, you'll see some of these defensemen. I think one or two of them could, uh, you know, maybe impress you, but they need the opportunity uh, to do so further, um, kind of on a rotating basis. I think they did last year towards the end, uh, even those limited games. I think you'll see that kind of program come up here. But that just speaks to the issue. All these guys you're going to see come up are on the blue line. Not going to see many good forward prospects come up because guess what? If they were good enough, they'd come up. And even the best one has come up, it's gone back down. And I get it. It's part of a longer term development plan for Lucas Reichel. I'm talking about there, but still, you're not seeing uh, Evan Barrett come up. You're not seeing Andre Alti Barmakian come up. And hell, maybe they will get a game or two here down the stretch, like I said, uh, in kind of like the cup of coffee scenario. But man, uh, Kyle Davidson's got his hands full. Let's just say that. He certainly does. Um, there's no beating around the bush with this one. Uh, I, I just want to go to a note that you have here. What the fans can get excited about is this is going to be new. There's going to be a lot of change coming. 
I read that, Johnny, and I'm wondering how much change can actually come. Yeah, with guys locked into contracts. It's a very legitimate question. Um, and obviously, the answers will come through the transactions, uh, whatever it may be, whether it be trades. Um, you know, but are you guys, getting are you getting excited about trading Mark Andre Fleury? Are you getting excited about the potential of having to trade an Alex DeBrinket? Are you getting excited no. about any of those things? Um, I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, I kind of knew. So, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see what we can get for him because he's, he does us no good just staying here in this contract playing out the season, of course. So, yeah, I actually am excited to see him go. But yeah, talking about you know possibly trading Brandon Hagel, possibly trading Alex DeBrinket, no. That is like, you know, nails on a chalkboard to my ears. Right. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out where they're going to find these guys. The, 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 the depth forwards that we need, the uh, the rebuilt up the middle centers who can win faceoffs. Uh, what's your long-term plan at goalie? Um, if if you're shipping off Marc-Andre Fleury, is Kevin Lykanen going to be able to take over that number one spot next year? should Marc-Andre Fleury be traded and not come back? You know, what, what are you going to be able to go out and do? Um, I'm, I'm just, you're right, man. He's got so, so much on his, on his plate here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of questions uh, to be answered uh, in the near future by Kyle Davidson, but that's kind of the initial reaction here. Um, big takeaways from uh Kyle Davidson's presser uh, comments from, you know, Danny Wirtz. I think he brought up an interesting thing. He said, you know, with the Wirtz is uh, being part of this thing for, you know, parts of four generations, uh, patience is built into their uh, sort of, you know, operations of how they, you know, run things because there's been ups and downs uh, throughout all of this, obviously plenty of periods of, you know, basically no one at the United center could hear a pin drop. Uh, and then there's been a dynasty period of three Stanley Cups. So uh, that was one interesting thing that I heard from Danny Wirtz uh, regarding the, uh, you know, just state of the organization, what they're willing to tolerate in terms of sort of pain in the immediate future. And uh, it's going to be tough for fans, Tony. I think that's the, that's, that's what that gets at me. I like, you know, it could be a positive thing in a long run, but in the short term, man, it's going to fucking suck. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We we just went through this with our, our Southside baseball team and, and and kind of watched them return to prominence all for, you know, the the current MLB lockout. So it's, it, we're no strangers to rebuilds here in, in Chicago. And if you if you go back and look at the pre-cup days, um, you know, hockey was still enjoyable to watch. It was still something that I attended and and was a fan of this team, uh, even through, you know, the the ultra back periods of like 2005 through 2008. Um, so it's still going to be enjoyable. It's still going to be good to get out to the UC. It's still going to be the same Blackhawks team that you root for. The, the the problem that we have is you're also going to have remnants of what was the former era still with this team. That's going to serve as a constant reminder uh, to fans of, you know, the glory days. And I think that that's something that the, the Blackhawks, you know, and, and now you can you can throw all of the the Kyle Beach stuff all over that too. I think where they're going to come up short here, at least with with a certain segment of the fan base, Johnny, is was this enough change? And if they're preaching more change, how do you overcome that? Um, the, this last stretch of hockey, even on the ice, has been reflective of of not great. Um, so it, it's it's yeah, it's I, the whole the whole system. I, 
I got a quick comment about that. When they talk, you know, about more change and all of this, I think there's going to be a lot of shifting within how Kyle Davidson deploys people underneath him and getting his like advisory team and stuff like that all together. Because when he's talking about changes, a lot of the stuff you said, you know, uh, like I said, they talked about a lot of internal stuff, which is fans, to be honest, at least from my perspective, I could be, you know, someone else could have a different uh, thing, uh, opinion on this. But I, for me, it just, it sucks because I can't, see that whatever if he hires a guy that's you know supposed to be great in this and that what the hell do i know that he's doing every day for kyle davidson to help make the blackhawks better in three years like i I don't know but either way that's going to be part of the changes i think uh that they were kind of hinting at there so um that's just something to keep in mind uh when talking about this like i said can be frustrating as a fan from an external factor but uh, i think that is partially where some of the changes are so it's not all just obviously there is a lot of roster turnover that needs to happen but it's not all just that it's also organizational personnel, that kind of stuff. So we shall see talking about personnel. One last kind of big point from this Kyle Davidson presser, obviously was asked about um, another uh, interim tag within the organization, the head coach position. Um, And he had, you know, he had said that he loved what Derek uh, brought in terms of energy and lightening the mood in the locker room and all of that kind of stuff. But what he's looking for is an elite communicator uh, in his permanent head coaching hire and Derek King will be part of the process, which makes sense. You know, Kyle Davidson was part of this process for the GM Uh, makes sense to have the interim guy, the guy who's been in there with his, you know, uh, finger on the pulse of the team day to day and Derek King uh, be right there next to him for uh, this process and head coach. Um, Honestly, I have no idea on potential head coaches, candidates, all this, but uh, what do you make of that when he says he wants an elite communicator in here? Well, I think the, you know, that this is a buzzword that could come back to haunt, uh, Davidson for using in terms of, of you know, uh, just elite communicator. Uh, you looked at what happened with the Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy and all the collaboration talk and, and how all of that unfolded. Um, I'm just, you know, pairing this up to the in the hockey sense here. Um, when you're looking for an elite communicator, I, I think, you know, one thing that they want is somebody who's going to speak to the media very well, be very clear. Uh, when he's when he's dealing with with the press, but also more internally, um, you know, delivering messaging to players. It's it's kind of uh, I haven't really gone back and listened to this uh, again to kind of get more of a sense of where he was going with this. But I wasn't sure if it was a, a shot uh, at current interim manager Derek King. Um, but it it's definitely interesting to say that they need an elite communicator in that sense, because you can, you can argue that Derek King has, has delivered messaging very well. You can argue that he's done an okay job. I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that he's uh, a top coach in the NHL right now. Um, but if you remember back, Johnny, uh, one of the things that Derek King kind of instituted when he came up to the team um, from Rockford was that he wanted to let the boys play a little bit more freely. He wanted to let and lean on, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves to kind of be those guys in the locker room uh, that kind of took those things over and kind of, you know, leaned on them more than anything else. It'll be interesting to see if, if this statement is reflective of he wants somebody to come in there and steer the ship a little bit tighter and kind of lock things down, uh, you know, via his communication rather than letting, you know, kind of the, the team run itself in that aspect. That's, that's what I'm curious to see if that's what that meant. 
Right. Good perspective on that, Tony. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, this is not a shot against Derek King, but it, it, like I said, I don't have coaching candidates lined up here. And I usually like to be one that says, oh, we'll have a replacement in mind. I just don't think Derek King, uh, based on what's going on. And granted, it's not all his fault. Um, there's flaws on the ice. Obviously, we know that. But I don't think he's a guy for the job. Um, I think, you know, he should be consulted in this process and given a fair shot just like anybody else. But oh, in the end, uh, I think it's going to be external. Finally, something external because say what you want about this Davidson hire. You know, one of uh, Danny's quotes when he was introducing him was that, uh, you know, new or whatever the, the buzzword was, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean outside of these walls um, is what he said. So I do hope they go outside the United Center for third arena walls for a new head coach. Um, I just think uh, the direction will be a little bit better because, you know, like I said, not all Derek King's fault. He was thrust into a situation um, after a guy that coached under uh, was let go, but don't think he's the guy for the job. Well, and here's the other thing too, Johnny, and this is where I'm, I'm kind of going to be, you know, curious to see how this all unfolds. Um, It'll be interesting. Very interesting. If the Blackhawks kind of go for a more developmental coach uh, in the interim space between now and when they kind of return to hopeful prominence as a, uh, you know, perennial um, Stanley Cup qualifying team. Like, do they do they do the Ricky Renteria type thing that the Cubs and the White Sox did? Bring in somebody who's more of that, um, you know, communicator guy, someone who's, um, you know, just there to kind of help you get through that period of time, uh, a more team friendly type coach. I could see that being a Derek King uh, a type, but you're right. Um, if this so, team. Needs- so in that scenario, you could technically remove the interim tag and then let them go two, three years yes. and then kick them out and bring in your guy. Yes. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm curious to see if they yeah. do. Um, you know, because just because they say that they want an elite communicator for their next head coach doesn't mean that that, you know, rules out um, any options here. The the next head coach might not be here for another two or three years, because realistically, Johnny, if we're looking at this, what premier top talent NHL head coach is going to want to come in here knowing that the Blackhawks are going to go through two years of pain? Yeah, right. No, it's a very legitimate thing. I just don't know if, you know, baseball is the perfect equivalent for that because it's easy in baseball to kind of like find those developmental managers. There's like what, you know, a million and a half minor league teams. Well, you kind of saw that. So, I mean, you kind of saw you pick, pick and choose your lot. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, you could kind of see that with, with Dennis Savard almost um, when, when he and, was the coach. I mean, I could bring up another, throw another just wrench into this too. Was it Jeremy Colladin? Yeah. Developmental coach basically, yeah. basically. But I think, I think we're sick as fans of seeing that. Right. Grown tired. Yeah. And now, you know, I think the, so, the, the heavier part is, is that now yeah. we're being told it's, it's kicked further down the road. Yeah. So Derek King might actually be your best option because you're not going in through an uproar of a process of bringing a guy in for people to get mad about. And then finally, when you do get your guy and you're looking like you're trending up and then get your guy and then, okay, you'd have the better reception after that but you'd save yourself going through that middle period by leaving King in place. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's plausible. That it, that's, that's what I would, I mean, I, I mean, if I'm not, I'm not the GM here, but that's one Avenue that I would look at. Yeah. No, you know? it, it, I think it's very, I think it's a very real possibility too. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see that's, you know, all these things are just 
uh, stuff that was thrown onto Kyle Davidson's plate. And guess what? It's full. It's overflowing. Uh, it's spilling. It's down his arms, down his uh, shirt. <laughs> you know, uh, it's good luck, man. Good, good luck to Kyle Davidson. Please bring the Blackhawks back to prominence ASAP. I know, you know, we'll, we'll have patience here. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, we're almost built in the day. But, man, um, it's frustrating times right now, especially, like you'd said, it'd be one thing if he had flashes on the ice. Like, I'll get a team like the Anaheim Ducks, and they might not all be there yet. And I know they went through their kind of rebuilding phase earlier, though. But you see the flashes. You see the Zegers. You see the Sonny Milano. You see some of those guys there, and you're like, damn, okay, I can see you. They're going to be good. They're, they're going to put it all together, and it's going to be, you know, a uh, uh, product there. It's like you don't see that outside of Alex Dabrinkit, really. I was, right? gonna, I was just going to bring that up. I was just going to bring that up, Johnny, and I think that's an excellent point. You know, are we bored of Alex Debrinkit at this point in time? You know, I, mean, you need, I, don't, you know, I don't think so. No, but it's you want someone else. You want supplementary, yes. right? Yes, you want you want somebody to be excited about outside of the normal. And, it and we haven't had Kirby that Doc right now. It should not. be Kirby Doc. It should be Kirby Doc. It a hundred percent should be Kirby Doc. Ron Luce is going to like listen to this and get very angry at both of us, but. It should be Kirby Doc. He was supposed to be the guy that you get excited about. That's why I'm I'm mentioning his name in, in potential moves because at this point, Johnny, I'm just a little frustrated watching Kirby Doc not finish, um, you know, going through the zone, uh, skating by two defenders, yeah. getting to the Sam front Lafferty of the net. Take his face offs, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. It's not it's not a good look at all. Make you sick? Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Tony, I think that's a good point to leave off on here. Obviously, a lot more topics to be discussed in the future. So, um, like I mentioned, I think the next three weeks will bring at least the initial clearing of the bushes. You get Kyle Davidson's just sharpening up the machete right now, right? Uh, now he's got to go and cut through, um, you know, uh, all, all the forest that is uh, the, you know, blockers to getting the Blackhawks back uh, to being a competitive team on the ice again. So um, that's it. Kyle Davidson is your new Blackhawks GM. We've got a couple final notes here uh, on the injury front. I know we talked about Jonathan Taves earlier. Well, guess what? He's almost back. Um, He is cleared from concussion protocol. He, Calvin DeHaan, Riley Stillman, and Tyler Johnson is the plan right now, according to Derek King, to play on Thursday against Edmonton. So we do need to end with some positive news. Tony, that's positive news to me, especially Taves clearing. He did practice over the weekend. Obviously, wasn't in Sunday versus St. Louis. Officially cleared today, um, fully practicing second-line center. And Tyler Johnson, getting him back, man. We only saw him for eight games at the start. Maybe that's someone that makes you feel a little bit better uh, about what's going on on the ice. Yeah, I think it'll make me feel a little bit better. Um, you know, it's it's always good to get uh, the captain back in the lineup. I think most importantly, uh, you want to see him playing. Um, but I mean, overall, as we wind this down, I think my eyes are more fixed on you know what, uh, like you said, what's going to happen within the next three weeks as we uh, lead up to this trade deadline. Obviously, this is going to be a crucial, crucial uh, moment within uh, you know the Blackhawks franchise history, how they write the ship, how they turn it around. Um, I'm happy to see the, uh, like I said earlier, the proverbial handcuffs come off uh, Kyle Davidson and see what he can actually do and shape this roster. Um, I think I've said enough about how tough of a task it's going to be. You know this. We've said it a million times on every single show that we've done. Prove us wrong. That's, That's all I'm asking is prove us wrong and go build the next great Chicago hockey team. Right. And I don't think we're doubting or we're like saying that he can't do it here uh, because tell he's you know only been in for what since october um but 
it's a it's a tough task ahead and we i think we've hammered that thing home tonight let's go I'll, let me do one last thing here on the small track record here there's a minor league swap uh curtis gabriel for chad chris that's kind of inconsequential gabriel played maybe two or three games for the hawks but i do like the other trade he made uh when we're going off of what he has done to date uh sending stan bowman pet project alex nylander uh, who was just, you know, whittling away, scoring his, you know, whatever goals down in Rockford, but not good enough to, uh, two-way game to be able to come up in the NHL. Sent him away finally uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Got Sam Lafferty. I like him as a bottom six forward. I think that was a good find. You uh, saw a guy falling out of favor on another team. were able to pounce on it uh, with just, you know, promise. That's all Alex Nylander brings is, you know, promise that he's got, you know, natural skill and he could get it done. So I think that, you know, like I said, it's very small sample size. It's not like a major major deal like shipping a you know potentially Alex Debrinkett or Brandon Hagel or even Mark Andre Fleury would be but early returns on that I enjoy it so th- I'll leave that as my final thought on the Kyle Davidson hire uh this was four feathers season three episode 11 uh Kyle Davidson is your new Blackhawks GM thank you for tuning in make sure you're visiting on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs give us a follow on social media at four feathers pod and at on tap sports net tony hit me with the final thought and let's sign off final thoughts johnny uh again just excited to see what's uh what's next for this hawks team i'm excited that uh you know we've we've got uh you know just some clarity with the organization right now uh they've made their decisions and it's time to move forward um and, and see what we can get done here that's all yeah. i've got yeah, for sure. Uh, my final thought will ship to the ice, and that is I am excited. Uh, welcome back, Tyler Johnson. I'm excited to see him back in uh, tow. And uh, having a right-handed shot in the bumper position on the power play, I think you will, Blackhawks fans, if if I'm right, uh, you can give me all the credit. But if I'm wrong, please don't come after me. No, uh, it, it just opens up that passing lane for Kane. So I'm just excited to see what kind of chemistry there is because um, when you go and look at those lines now today in practice with Taves back in the fold, with Johnson back in the fold, it just looks a little bit better up top, whereas they were kind of just thin and spread out uh, before trying to plug and place uh, their best talented players with uh, some of the other guys that maybe can, maybe can't get it done. So um, looking forward to that. And it's Nicholas Jalmerson night on Thursday. So I uh, can't wait to welcome back hammer. Uh, I know Duncan Keith, I don't know what his status is for the game. He got injured there, uh, but it'll be a little bit of a reunion there. So uh, always good to see hammer back in the building. So um, that'll do it for this episode, Tony. Till next time, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.